Hello, you are listening to the Player Layer Podcast. I'm your host, Ivan Alexiev, and today's guest is Andy Steiger, who, uh, he's a game designer. He has only designed one game, but what a game it is. It is the game Targi, just an amazing two-player game, which uh, you ha- you must try. <laughs> like, you really must try this game if um, if you enjoy, you know, uh, a real really deep two-player experience uh which with ha- which has a lot of euro mechanics and this was andy's first game it came out in 2012 uh he has since published one expansion uh and we did talk about some of his future projects and um things which he wants to do in the future so you can expect to hear more of that uh but if you have if you haven't played turkey really you must play it and this was such a- an amazing conversation for me uh, but before we get into that, I actually want to recommend a Kickstarter. And uh, this is not a paid promotion or anything. This is actually a Kickstarter which is by a friend of mine, which I playtested a while back. And I really enjoyed it, and I really want uh, it to do well. And I want you to just check it out if you have an interest. Um, and the Kickstarter is called Dawn. You will find a link in the description. It is a 3-5 to five player game which features social deduction, but... Uh, like, I am actually, I've never been a fan of the genre, like, social deduction. The games that I've played are Avalon and, um, you know, the, the, the classic social deduction resistance, uh, games, but, um, this is different. And, and it's different because the whole game, you're kind of, you get to actually choose which side you want to be on. And, uh, depending on how you play your game, uh, at the end, your side will be revealed and then you'll see, um, how you actually did. So there's... Uh, quite a bit of strategy involved. I certainly enjoyed my plays of it. Um, I've played it maybe f- three or four times. And uh, there's some hand management. It's a really light game. It's uh, got a great price point at, uh, I think, $20 is your starting price point. And uh, you should definitely check it out um, uh, in the link below. But now let's get back to Targi with uh, Andy Steiger. Uh, thank you so much for listening and enjoy this episode. Um, oh, thanks. Uh, thanks for inviting me. I'm doing great and I'm looking forward to talk to you. Yeah, same, same. I'm, I'm a big fan of Turkey and really I want to know how like, how, you, how, you, how you, it came to be that uh, you designed the game and how you got into games in the first place. Yes, maybe we start with how I uh, turned into a board game fan. Um, actually, I have many memories playing board games with my mother on Sunday afternoon, because in Germany, it's not so uncommon to play games with your kids or with your family. And my mother was a very religious woman. And I think this was her way to keep me inside the house on Sunday. (laughs) Normally, I played a lot outside, catching lizards, building dams at the, the river, stuff like that. I always wanted to play outside. And she said, Sunday is the holy day. It's the day of the Lord. You're not allowed to go outside. So we met at the table and we played classic games like Memory, Pachichi, um, Uno, stuff like that. But it was always on Sunday. And I think 
It was just she wanted to keep me entertained during uh, Sunday afternoons because too much TV was also not allowed on Sunday because it was a holy day, you know, so we played. And I have found memories of that, but this did not turn me into a, a gamer like we are now. We are talking, we are board game fans, we are gamers. Um, I liked playing, but it did not catch me. Later, as teenager, sometimes I played with my uh, friends. I played Uno or even Catan, but also this did not turn me into a real gamer. Mm. Um, the turning point came when my wife was uh, pregnant with our first son. We were a very active couple. We went out, going to the cinema, to the theater. We had dancing uh, class and restaurants stuff like that. And then she was pregnant with our first son. And she said, uh, Andy, I cannot go out with you so much. I'm too tired. We need to stay more at home. And I wanted to find something besides only watching TV or only reading books, which is also nice, but I did not want to do it all the time. And so one evening I opened the cupboard and we had some games Parkinson, Catan, maybe one or two uh, Spiel des Jahres winners. And I took them out and we started to play. And it was so interesting. It was fun. We had such a good time together that I went into a, a game shop and I um, bought some games. And I was astonished how many different games there were, how many different mechanics there were, how interesting games there were and so my wife and I got hooked and since then it's 15 years ago we played regularly three four times in the evening uh, and it's a very good quality time for us mm -hmm. and in, in hindsight there's one, one tragic moment uh, when I was a teenager I worked at the corner store And they also had, they had fishing equipment and office products and toys and even some games. And as teenager, I sold games to people, but I had no insight into the gaming hobby. So I always sold them Monopoly, told them this game is already 100 years on the market. It's still there. It must be good. And I always sold them, uh, you know, uh, gaming boxes with uh, a collection of classic games and i said here by this box you have 150 games in one go and when i look back now and i think oh no if i would have been a gamer back then i could have changed many lives maybe for the better <laughs> instead yeah. of selling monopoly and <laughs> classic games all the time but okay that's long ago that's 30 years ago but when when i thought about my gaming career and i thought back to this time in the store I thought, oh, no, I could have even uh, bought games very cheap because I worked there. But, okay, it's, I was not ready then. Now I would um, do things different. Yeah, it's interesting yeah. how many opportunities yeah. you had to like, get into the hobby with your mom and then with your friends and then selling games at the shop. But then uh, I, I guess it must be like destiny, you know? <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Um, I, when I look back now... It's also a nice memory that I found board games together with my wife. So it's our our hobby. We we found together and we live it and enjoy it and we play. Um, even after all these years, it's still interesting and uh, fascinating. 
Yeah, so it's also great that she she was involved as well. Yes. Yeah, for sure. And, and tell tell me what what are the types of games that you play now? It must be a lot of like two two player, or uh, now I guess your son is uh, growing up as well, right? Yeah, we we have uh, we have in the meantime we have two sons. My uh, second son is uh, involved in why I turned to become a game designer. I will tell you in a minute. Um, yes, also most of the times until my sons grew older, I only played games with my wife. Uh, I only knew playing games in a in a two person environment. So we played a lot of two player games. All the old Cosmos two-player games, Catan two-player, and Lost Cities, and all those games. Um, and even now, I I really look if I buy new games, can these games be played with two? If I cannot play the games with two, I don't buy the games because still, even now, most of my gaming time is with my wife, and now also with my sons. In the meantime, we have also a gaming group. But my main focus is still my wife and I. This is our hobby together, our quality time. So it needs to be playable with two players. And we are mostly playing, I would say, Euro games. We have very many Euro games. It's typical German games. <laughs> and uh, you can you can see that in your design as well uh, for with Targi. Um, it feels very much like a like a Euro game, and it's just, it's just such a great uh, two player game. Um, so you did you did most of the playtesting with her, right? Yes. Um, maybe before we forget, I can tell a short story how I started designing in the first place. Yeah, I'd love if to it's hear interesting. That. Yeah, yeah. For you. Okay, so I just told you my wife was pregnant with our first son, and so I got into gaming through this situation. And when my wife um, was, uh, when our second son was born, three years later, my wife uh, told me, uh, Andy, I have a three-year-old three kid. I have to take care of him the whole day. And the baby wakes up in the night and I need to take care of the baby. I'm too tired to play with you. And we played three, four times per week in the evening. So suddenly she was not available for me to play games anymore. And she was my main gaming partner. And right before our second son was uh, born, uh, the game Dominion was released in Germany. And I was very fascinated by Dominion because how the different cards affected the way the game played was very fascinating for me. So depending on which cards were in the game, the game played different. It's different if there is the witch and there are curses or if there are no curses in the game. And I was a big Dominion fan. Nowadays, there are many expansions for Dominion, but back then there was the base game and there were no expansions. And very fast, I longed for new cards, for more cards, because we had played a lot Dominion. And I searched the internet and I found a German website where fans could upload their own Dominion ideas. So you could create your own card, you build it on your PC, and you could upload it on this German fan site. Also with the um, 
how do you say the the German publisher Hans and Glück said you can do it because it's not for sale, it's just for hobby. So it was allowed to do it. And very fast, also I gave it a try to create my own uh, Dominion cards. And very fast, I designed around 30 or 40 own cards. And I had so much fun doing it. I liked the idea that maybe some person would download my ideas and play with my card ideas. This was very thrilling for me. After I had 30, 40 cards created on my own, I thought, wow, I have so many cards. I could uh, release an own expansion if Dominion would be my game, but it's not my game, so I cannot release one. But I have so many ideas and the cards, they work very, very well. I was uh, uh, very happy with with uh, this design and with designing those cards. And this encouraged the a wish or the idea to design my own game. And then after this, my second son was born and my wife was too tired. And then I thought, okay, maybe I can use my gaming time. It is now free because my wife sleeps in the evening. Maybe I can use this time to create a own game. And I didn't know how to start. I didn't know where to start. I had not much contact to the board gaming industry. I was never on a fair. I was never in Essen. I had not many gaming friends. So I bought some uh, books about game design and I read those books. My wife was getting a little annoyed because in every room there was a book about game design and I read them and she said, what do you want with all those books? And I said, yeah, I must learn about game design. I want to create my own my own game. And she said, well, okay, you, you can try. And after I had read those books, I made a list, a top 10 list about things I love in games. Also, this list included um, stuff that my own game design should uh, incorporate. And there were some points like, I love worker placement. And so I wanted to be a worker placement game. I want it to be a two-player game because I always play two-player. I thought there are already many worker placement games, so I want a special twist mm. in the game. And my main idea was that the placement of a meeple should not um, only change one aspect or give you one thing, but should give you two or three things all at once. My first idea for Targi, Targi has a special intersection mechanism. The very first idea was I have three rows of cards and I place my meeple above these rows. Now there are three cards under this meeple and you will receive these three things. Mm. And while thinking about this idea, I thought maybe I can also place a meeple on the left side. <laughs> now I have one above and I have one on the left and I can activate more cards. And then I recognized this are very many cards that you can activate. And I activate all the cards. So I thought maybe if I just, where I place the meeples and where they intersect, I just use this as my main mechanic. And this was very interesting, but then I thought two intersection would be even better. <laughs> and these were all ideas that I had in 30 minutes 
in this 30 minutes, the core mechanic of Targi was born. Um, that is now so interesting, this intersection mechanic. And once I had this, because I, I recognize this is a very good mechanic, it's interesting, because um, I very fast had also the idea that you cannot place your Targi uh, in front of the other player. And so it was very soon, it was very clear that this mechanic is very good. And my wife was sleeping and I created Targi. And then after three months, more or less, the game was finished. I had 90 tribe cards. I had the game. And then after I had all the stuff finished and ready, I started to play test with my wife. And uh, she was very critical with me. Um But it's a good thing to have a critic in your house. And, yeah, for sure. But um, she also liked the game. And then Targi was finished, and I thought, okay, how can I approach uh, a publisher? I don't know anybody. Yeah, and then, then I pitched it, uh, and I thought, how to whom shall I pitch this game? And there was only one uh, company that I knew that had two-player games. That was Cosmos. Of course, we had um, Catan and Los Cities, like I told you, and they were famous for the two-player line of games. And I thought, okay, also they were only 30 minutes away from my house. I could go by car in 30 minutes uh, to the office. I thought it would be a very good idea to pitch it to Cosmos. And then, because I had read these books, I knew they had so many persons send their game ideas to them. I must stand out in, in, I, they must see it is really, uh, not just, uh, uh you know, uh, um, you say it, uh, not, not just a guess, but, uh, but I really know, think that this game will fit their line. So I wrote an email and I wrote why this game would really fit their catalog well, what is, um, the same to other games they have in the line. Um, And I designed a prototype and I put on my prototype already the Cosmos logo. I printed it on my prototype and I sent a photo and I said, I will only pitch this game to you. I will not pitch it to any other publisher because I really think this game fits your uh, line the absolute best. And if you will not take it, then uh, I don't think an, it's for another company. I think you are the best company for this game. And I think it was a good choice because then they wrote me back. I only sent this email and this photo. And they wrote me back and said, okay, it's very interesting. Please send us your rules. And then I uh, sent the rules to them. And after one week, they wrote back and said, uh, dear Mr. Steiger, we don't understand your rules. Um, and then I thought, okay, that's, that's it. They will not take a second look at the game if they do not understand my rules. I, I have, uh, lost, but they said, don't understand how your game works, but we, we, we sense there's something special in it. Please can you rewrite the rules and please can you write, uh, some examples how the game work and maybe make some photos. And so I did it. I was very nervous because writing rules is the worst part about making a game. <laughs> And I did not feel very confident in doing it. But okay, I rewrote the rules and I made the photos and then I sent it to them again. And then they said, okay, now we understand how it works. Please send your prototype. 
and I sent it a prototype and then there was three months of silence, which is always very bad for you as a author because you don't know have they looked at the game, have they not looked at the game, do they like it, don't they like it, you, you know nothing. And um, after three months I came home from work late in the evening and my wife said, uh, Andy, there's a message on the answering machine, please sit down. And I said, for who has called? And she said, Cosmos has called. And I thought, if they take the time to call me, it will not be a rejection. <laughs> so I knew before I listened to the message, I knew they will take the game. And I sat down and then it was a short message. It said, hello, uh, Andy, welcome in our team. We will produce the game. We like it. The name is great. The, the idea is great. Uh, the setting is great. The theme is great. We will uh, not change very much. So welcome on board. We'll do it. Mm. And then they did it. It was still one year where we had to do fine tuning and decide which card we must throw out, which card we will keep. We, I had way too many and uh, do a little, yeah work on, on on some little things but the main game really is the way i designed it is the way it now uh, was published so it was yeah uh, a great day i'm still still after years i'm still very happy that it uh, worked out this way and apparently not only me and cosmos but uh, also some some people like it. A lot of people like it, and uh, <laughs> for good reason. Uh, I've got a lot of questions from from that. It's, I think it's a great story. I think you did a lot of things right, and you you make it sound easy. Uh, the way you said, "Well, my wife was sleeping, so in three months I made a game." <laughs> um, so for, first of all, I want to ask, what what were those books that you read? Do you remember any of uh, any of them or any of the authors? Yes, but I think they're only available in German, so it will not be very helpful for most of your listeners. Uh, one uh, book is a series. There is once a year, there is a, um, a meeting of all German designers. They go on a weekend together on a, on a, in a hot hotel and they have a, a brainstorming. They play prototypes, but they always uh, also have uh, teachings. They teach to one another their ideas and they always uh, write everything down that they learned in these weekends. And it's a series of books and it's, it's maybe, maybe 10 books from, from all those years. I mean, I, I have uh, read all these books. I have just forgotten what, what the name is, mm-hmm. but That's I read right. all of them. And this was very, you know, very practical, very from really famous German, you know, Friedemann Friese and uh, big names. Mm-hmm. And I did not know that these were big names, but they were big names. And now I know it. And I, I read those ideas from them. There was another book. It's called Spiele entwerfen, a very old German uh, book. Uh, meanwhile, a little outdated, but Still, there were many good tips in it, like every publisher gets around 1,500 game ideas per year. They will never look at all those game ideas. You must stand out. You must do something special and uh, things like that. Mm-hmm. Another very good tip that, that I read 
was Amos the best mix to, to have a game is 80% of stuff that gamers know and 20% of stuff that gamers don't know. And I think this is right. If everything is new and all mechanics are new, people don't, uh, don't, cannot, cannot feel how the game should work. And if everything is old, yeah, 100% old ideas, it's also not fascinating. But this mixture of common ideas and new, fresh ideas, this is a good way to make a game. And I took all these things out of these books and all this, um, tips and, yeah, try to, uh, put it in my design. Yeah. And I think it, it worked out. Yeah. Yeah, I think so as well. I think uh, all all of those things you mentioned are are things which uh, which I find find true and uh, and I actually hadn't heard that one with the eighty percent mechanics that people are used to and twenty percent new. It's yeah. a very interesting like way to look at it uh, because um, like w- what I do is I I help people develop their games and um, and I, sometimes I get very early prototypes and we just do play testing. And a lot of times the problem is um, either it's <laughs> it's all new, which is uh, which is and it's confusing. It's, yes, yeah. and everything and, is new. Yes, and and on on the other hand, you can see that even the designer has a hard time understanding it. I I, I think or has a it, it doesn't feel organized. You know, it feels like a messy yeah. game. Um, and and I, I even think a, a lot of games. Uh, a really good example for me is uh, if you haven't played it, I highly recommend the game Dune Imperium. Uh, we've been playing it a lot for the past couple of weeks. Uh, it's a very new game, right? It's a very new game. It came out. Yes, uh, yes, yes, two, yes. It came out in December, so two or three months ago. Um, yes. But yeah, I think that's a very good example because there, um, it's again, it's a worker placement and it's. Um, um, deck building so basically the two things we're talking about now but um they they did a a very interesting mixture where the the cards actually allow you to go to those worker locations um (laughs) and yeah i I wanted to bring that up um but yeah you it sounds like you um you were very like diligent about what you about your approach and what, what was actually what was your job at the time and I think uh, you, I read somewhere that you were a kindergarten teacher. Is that right? Yeah, I, I still am. I, I was a kindergarten teacher back then. I, I still am in, in the same kindergarten. Um, a lot of people say, Andy, why why don't you do kids games? You could play test all the time with your kids <laughs> in your kindergarten. And I always say that it's too close to my work mm. because the board games are my hobby. and I want to keep it my hobby. I don't want to mix it with my work. So I will not try to do kids games. But I could. I have I have many potential playtesters in my uh, daily life. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it sounds like it. And uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's an interesting approach. I know I know lots of designers who and some of my favorite designers who choose to keep it a hobby because uh, I guess it it can when when something becomes work it can you know it has it 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 be, uh mm-hmm. be, has more downside sides than um than when you keep it strictly a hobby like mark pakian he uh, the designer of treasure island he said the exact same thing almost that uh 
<laughs> he prefers it this way. And uh, but that that being said, do you still um, have the hobby of designing, or do you plan have any plans for the future? You you uh, uh, said a couple of minutes ago, uh, it sounds so easy to create a game in three months. You see, now years have passed. <laughs> and ex except for the Targi expansion, I have not yet uh, published a second game. Mm -hmm. And that is, designing is hard. Targi was easy. It, it was everything fitted perfectly. The timing, everything. This game was inside me. It, it had to come out. It was just there. I still work on many ideas and I throw away many ideas because I think if I just publish another game, it is just the same as games that are, are already out there. And my new game has no meaning. It, it, it doesn't need to exist. So I did not, I do not want to copy myself and I do not want to copy, um, just other games. Yeah. I, I want to have this mixture of this new element. And I, uh, had with all my other designs that I, that I worked on. I had the feeling these are good games, but these are not games that will be spoken one year later. Mm. This is all games that would be forgotten very fast. And I thought, because I don't have any pressure, I, I do, do not do it for a living, you know, it's just a hobby. I will wait till my next game is a game where I can say I'm proud. It's just as good as Targi, and it's not a, a weaker game. I do not want to, to, to publish just that I have a second game that is not in my um, intention. And also the, the first time I, after Targi, I had two or three. I was a little bit, uh, you know, like, uh, think, yeah, I'm the king of the world. And I had two, three designs I sent to publishers and they all sent my ideas back and they said, yeah, these are good games, but they are, are not as good as Targi. Mm. And then I, I, I slowed down and I thought, they are right. They are not as good as Targi. Why, why do I uh, pitch it to them? There's no need for, it must be good pitches and good games. And then after, after this, I uh, focused on the Targi expansion and all of my designing time went into the Targi expansion. Yeah. Yeah. And now, now it's, it, it is maybe it is, uh, this 80-20 uh, goes through my life. I, I would say 80%. I take my time that I have playing games that I have bought from my uh, colleague, from my author colleagues von Stefan Feld in Uwe Rosenberg. It's the main time I, I use for uh, my free time. And maybe 20% I I design. I, I'm still designing. I, I work today. Even I, I worked on a game. But I will not pitch it until I have a feeling that, that it's ready and it's it's worthy of, of being published. Yeah, it's very good that you you keep the high uh, kind of high, high expectations from yourself and you want it to be um, to be a good product. You you, yeah. you don't want to just settle for, for something. But um, you know a lot of times you have to go through I, I find that you have to go through different ideas and exploring why they don't work. 
And uh, sometimes yes. it does magically happen, you know. Sometimes uh, it, some games are easier to make than others, um, for sure. And yeah. sometimes I'm a little I'm a little angry with myself because I'm I'm very fast in throwing things away, and sometimes I think maybe it would have been a better idea not to throw everything away so fast, but maybe just let it uh, sit a little in 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 your uh, drawer and pick it uh, up again in three months and take a, a new look at it with new eyes. Sometimes it would be better. Yeah, we, we, I'm very fast in throwing away. Yeah, yeah. Well, we we have a kind of a similar problem we're dealing with at the moment, actually, uh, because I, I design games with my brother, and um, <laughs> our first game it was very similar. And we had the idea in like October. We started working on it, and then we stopped for a while, came back to it, and for two or three months we uh, worked on it quite hard. We entered a contest. We won mm -hmm. the contest. Uh, for best prototype then we oh, won okay. a second wow. contest and we we went to essenspiel with the game everyone liked it we pitched it the first publisher we we wanted um took the game immediately and right now it's with them so it's not it's not a title i can talk about or i can um mm -hmm. but um but then with our next game this was about two years ago uh, with our next game we've been working on it basically since and uh and we've had maybe i don't know 15 or 16 different proto uh, mm -hmm. different prototypes different mechanics different uh all sorts of different things that we've tried with it and um you know it's it's again it's like throwing out the old prototype and rethinking it and uh yeah, it's it's uh it's something that i think a, a lot of designers have to go through or I, I don't know if there are designers that don't have to go through that actually mm -hmm. um but yeah it's, it's mm -hmm. good to it's good yeah, to yeah, hear it from you as well <laughs> Well, what, what I what I found out uh, re, uh, very recently, where I thought I could have saved so much time in the past, I always I, I wrote. I often do games with cards, and I always, you know, I, I wrote my 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 cards. I, I made the cards and wrote everything with uh, with a pen on it, and then I had to throw them throw it away because it did not work. I had to write new cards, and very recently I found out if I sleeve a blank card and I uh, write uh, on this so that I can wipe it away. Mm. I do not have to make new cards all the time. But it is my new thing to save time that I have this uh, sleeved Blanco cards and I write on them and I can make easy changes without throwing away so much paper and so much cards that I worked on so long. Yeah, yeah. Save a little time. Yeah, yeah, it's it's those those things that you learn are um, for sure a thing. We 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 started doing all of our playtesting online, actually, on uh, Tabletop Simulator, where it's uh, it's a lot faster because the the other prototypes took so long to we would print them and cut them. <laughs> but yeah, what do you think would be your like ideal game if you want to, um, or if you could make uh, a good game? What what are the mechanics that you would want to? to use like the the idea right now yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I, I understand right now at the moment i think i would have i would like to design a, a back builder because i'm totally in love with orleans mm. you have played orleans i haven't no but i've heard very good things about it. it's really a very fascinating game because every draw of the back is interesting 
with every move you, uh, you with every uh, bit you 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 draw out of this bag, it's interesting. What will I get? How can I place it? Mm -hmm. Some say it's a worker placement. Yes and no. The the main mechanic is drawing this. It, it is um, what are this? They are not cubes. They are discs. Mm -hmm. to, to draw these discs out of this bag and to see what you can do with them. Yeah. And this is a fantastic, fantastic uh, mechanic. I still love worker placement very much. It's my favorite mechanic, but there are very many worker placement games. So it is difficult to find aspects that are still interesting. This is why I will look at uh, Dune, because you said that there is uh, implementing the cards. Mm -hmm to use as a worker placement uh, rule where to place your that sounds very interesting it's, yeah. so it's not easy to 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 find new ways so at the moment i would really love to uh, have a um back building and and i worked on a back building uh, today already um we will see if it works out but at the moment i find it's a very fascinating mechanic because there are not many games Beside Orléans in general, and a uh, few back building games that I knew uh, are all not as good as Orléans. I think Orléans is the, the was the first one I played, and it's still the best one. Yeah, I have I haven't played many as well, uh, either. I think the, I played the one where uh, what is it called? Not Tarragona, or it's a, it's about. Uh... In Spain, the festivals where they where you have to stack people on top of each other. Ah, uh, yes, 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 yes. But I don't uh, remember what the name of the game. Castel, Castel. Yes. Yeah. I that's... have not played this one, but I heard of it. Yes. Yeah, I've only played it once, so I can't talk much about it. But I, I, I definitely recommend uh, Dune Imperium. It's, it's very interesting. And the other, the other worker placement, which I think is. Uh, one of my favorites, or one that certainly has that little twist, uh, is Architects of the West Kingdom. Uh, ah, that's a great one as well. Yeah. Where you can send these uh, meeples into prison. <laughs> and yeah. if you don't do it, they get more and more stuff, more and more stuff. And now your opponent sends another one in the forest, and he gets uh, so many woods you have to catch them and throw them in prison. It's really great, yes. Yeah, it's such a, it's such, a, it's such a small little like twist. Like you said, it's the twenty percent of the new is is that yes. you know, but it works so well. And uh, I I I've become friends with uh, the designers, um, Sam McDonald, and I I I'm just I, 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 uh, we we talked on the podcast, and I I think <laughs> it's a really amazing uh, worker placement game. Um, yes, all 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 games in this in this line are great. I I, I like them all. I like Paladins. I like uh, Viscounts. I like Architects. I like um, what's the one? The old one, Raiders. the older one. Raiders. Yes, mm -hmm. I think they they all have this little special. It's always a little a little rule that brings the interesting stuff into the game. Yeah. The rest, you know, you know, co collect resources. You you do it very often. It's still interesting, but this little twist. It makes this games all special, yes. Yeah, 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 for sure, for sure. Um, so I, I actually read something quite, which I found very interesting about you. Uh, I think it was in one of your other interviews where you mentioned that uh, you decided on the goods for Targi uh, just based on components you had from another game, them being black, white. Ah, uh, yeah. Yes, yes. Oh, I can tell this story. This is still uh, uh, very interesting. Um, 
since Tagi was my first design, I, I didn't have any prototype material. I had, I had nothing. I had to start from scratch. Tagi was my first design as well as my first prototype design as well. And I just recently had bored. I, I had the first version of Agricola. The first version of Agricola instead of the Animeeples, it just, just had cubes in it. Mm-hmm. And I bought the Animeeples. You could buy them on eBay. I bought it for Agricola to pimp the game. <laughs> Nowadays, the Animeeples are in the game when you buy it. But back then, in the first edition, it was not this way. So I had white, brown, and black cubes. And I thought, I can use these cubes for my game. T- uh, that I, I didn't know that it was target. I can use these cubes as goods for my game. with this intersection mechanic. And then I googled... Oh, no, then I thought, which um, goods could these colors represent? And I thought in my head, white could be salt, brown could be dates, and black could be pepper. And then I googled if there was a, a tribe or if there were people who traded these three goods. And there I found the Tuareg. They traded salt, dates, and pepper. And I thought, this is great. I can use, there are not many games about nomadic people. I can use this, um, this people for my game because a prototype was called Tuareg. But two weeks before the game was sent to the printers, another Tuareg game was uh, published in Germany. And then we had to change very fast. We had to change the name. My editor called me and said, Andy, you have uh, at max uh, maximum three days to find another name for your game because we need to change the cover, we need to change the layout of the rules, and Tuareg is gone now. And then I searched and searched and looked and the whole night I thought, thought about other uh, names for the game. Desert and Nomad and Sahara and Marrakesh and all stuff with people in the desert. And then I found Targi and Targi is one male member of a Tuareg tribe. And then I thought this is perfect. First, I was a little sad because I was uh, used to the name Tuareg and I thought people, they have a picture in their head when they heard Tuareg. Um, but now I'm very happy with Targi, and I think it's short and pregnant and a good name. Yeah, and I, I only came to the theme about these cubes and the color of the cubes and that they just fitted the three goods that I imagined in my head. And then I read a little more about the Tuareg, and it's a very interesting uh, tribe. You know that the, the, the women... Uh, They have no whale, and the ma- men have a whale on their face, and a lot, lot of interesting stuff in their culture. So I am very happy with the theme uh, and with the uh, with the name and everything. Uh, it's interesting. In, in Germany, everybody says, "Oh, it's a very thematic game," and uh, like in America, everybody says the game is not thematic at all. It is just what is this there's no theme i don't feel like i go in the desert and so it's interesting it's a, a little a cultural thing also that uh, american gamers have a very strong uh, you know uh, wish for a strong strong theme 
Mm -hmm. I personally thought it is a strong theme until I heard the complaints that it's not as strong as I thought. Mm. But it's only in America very uh, much critic about the about the theme. Yeah, but, I, yeah, I feel like that that could be a problem of just uh, when 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 games have a lot of abstracted mechanics, uh, or I, yes. I don't know, there's, there's certain mechanics that go well thematically. I feel with uh with with certain games but um for sure I, I like my one of my favorite parts of Targi is those resources for some reason it feels very satisfying to me to get pepper and salt and uh, <laughs> i don't know if, if it's just me being hungry or uh <laughs> oh, well, what what is very very funny is that uh, people always say Targi is a good game for a date night Mm. Eight as to a couple comes together and has a good time, but also there are dates as the fruit in the game. So I always think it's very funny. Uh, a, a game with dates for a date night. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but uh, it's certainly, I feel like Germany has a kind of a different, uh, it, it's a different gaming world. Uh, and and it's like, like you mentioned, you, you grew up with games. I feel like uh, in Germany, it's a bit more, uh, it's it spread earlier and you have some amazing yes. designers there. Yes, I, I think Germany was very, um, like, like Klaus Teuber with Katan, it was very influential for the whole world, how the... Uh, How, how games are accepted nowadays mm -hmm. and even worldwide, you know, uh, a long time um, it was uh, a synonym German games were a synonym for good quality games. And that's true. There are very many great designers in Germany and very famous games like uh, Carcassonne and Catan and, um, Power Grid and all these very great games, yes. It's, but but still, it, it's still uh, interesting that most people, even in Germany, they only still only know the very classic games like Monopoly and uh, Checkers and Chess and and uh, Uno and Risk. Still, very many people know this game, this kind of games, and like the hobby games that we know, even in Germany, are not so popular or so widespread maybe yep. i'm 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 also uh because i sold the wrong games in my youth i'm still it's my fault <laughs> <laughs> no well it's 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 a good thing too because it's it's growing you know and people uh are kind of even from from those like classic games there there's a lot of people that learn about the newer games and especially now with you know kickstarter becoming yes. uh, so huge and uh And just so many games coming out. When we were at Essenspiel in 2019, I think I think there were were like over 3,000 games that were like premiered <laughs> only at the festival, you know. And it's uh, it's definitely growing. was this your your first time in yeah. Essen? Yeah, it was. It's uh, kind of overwhelming <laughs> when you're when you're there and this many people and this many games and you think wow, and then you 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 are in 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 the in one big uh, a hall and you think, wow, is this big? And you go further and there's another big hall and you go further and there's another big hall. I remember my, my first Essen, uh, I was uh, uh, shocked. Mm. 
but uh, now, now I, I love it. I, I was very sad that it did not happen this year uh, or last year, 2020, that it could not, uh, not be held in Essen. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Same, same. I, I was really looking forward to going again. What are the games that you're, you're playing most often from, like I asked you earlier about just, I think two player games, but uh, what do you play with, you know, with your game group or what are your favorite games maybe? Okay. So my game group is very sad. We have not seen us uh, nearly um, nine months. Mm-hmm. Because of the COVID situation, we cannot meet. But uh, normally, we I I am a little uh, yeah uh, gaming fanatic. I kauf, uh, I buy very many new games all the time, and uh, the my game group plays in my house. So the good thing is I can always choose which game we play. We always play on two tables, and then I explain. Most games, and then we we play. Uh, yeah, normally all all the, the the hot hotness and new stuff. I I always buy the new games. Um, with my wife, I have played a lot of uh, My City. Have you heard of My I've, City? I've heard of it. It's by it's uh, Rainer Knizia, right? Yeah, it's a, a legacy game from Rainer Knizia. Mm-hmm. Yeah, only minor rules change, so it's very easy to to play it and 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 uh, keep keep track where you are. And we played uh, many, many. We played it uh, twenty eight times wow. in the last six months. <laughs> but then the, the game is the game is all is then is finished. You, you can uh, you can play um, after this. Uh, you have the campaign is finished, but mm-hmm. you can play and it's called uh, Eternal Game. But it's not as interesting as the campaign where everything changes all the time. We play this very, uh, very much. And with my, with my two sons, my, my big son is 14, my small son is 10. We have started, uh, Gloomhaven, uh, Jaws of the Lion. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah, it's a little, uh, for the 10 year old, it's a little complicated and, uh, um, he needs a lot of help in decision making. But yeah, they, they love it. Yeah. But, but recently he told me, oh, Papa, it's so complicated. I have to think about so many moves <laughs> that I need to make. Can we play Andor again, please? <laughs> and then we put in some games of Andor because it's way easier. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah. but we, we are, we are playing very much, uh, in, in our house. Yes. Yeah. I've, I've felt like that with Gloomhaven as well. <laughs> I remember you know, <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> Oh, we had like a two and a half hour session. It was just because you're, you're looking at those two cards and you're thinking, "All right, I can do this," you know. And but so like, there's a lot of options, and uh, I get the same feeling. And I'm I'm 25 years old, so <laughs> actually, I don't know if you saw. There's a Kickstarter now designed by um, a 10 year old and her father. It's called Cora Quest. Yes, Cora Quest. It's so nice that they designed this game together yeah and it it, it has funded and everything it's very cool yeah i think it's a it's a, it's a really good idea you know making something because so many people play with with their children and uh making something that that specific and it sounds like a like it's actually you know a, a good game for adults as well Yes, yes. I I think they 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 had a little uh, special boost because they already were known you know, in the, in the board gaming world. 
So they had a little special Kickstarter uh, push because they do the reviews together, Cora and her father. Mm -hmm. so it's, but, but I'm very happy um, that they used the time and that it's, uh, that it's a success. It's very great for father and daughter. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And it looks like they, they made something really good. So, yeah, it's, it, it certainly got my, my attention. Yeah, we can go back to uh, actually several things. Uh, the first thing is something that I just want to say for my listeners. And uh, just uh, it, it's something that you mentioned earlier. And it was how much you researched um, the publisher, how much you researched Cosmos when you yes. uh, went to them. I think that's something very important. And I, I know a lot of people just go to you know every pu publisher and see if they can find one. And I think it's so good, and that that helped you so much that you knew what um, their um, like target audience wants. You, you knew the games that they already produce, and you um, you you went in knowing knowing how it's going to go. And I think that helped you so much. And this is a very important step because you know, if if I send a, a Gloomhaven game to Oink Games, <laughs> I will waste their time and I will waste my time because a, a publisher sees right through it if you have done some research or not or if you send the game to everybody if it fits or if it if it doesn't fit and then they will they will not they will not take a look at your game if you're if you're happy they send back the game to you and if you're unlucky they will just throw it uh, in the trash can especially if you send them an unasked uh, prototype because they don't have time to look. And I think it's very important that a publisher really sees that you know what their catalog is and what games they are looking for. It's really very interesting. Like uh, with, with Targi, I, uh, we've talked, I had this little, I had this little uh, uh, wooden cubes from Agricola in my prototype. And I wrote a note in the prototype and I, I wrote, I know that uh, uh, your two-player games, they are mainly made out of cards and out of um, paper chips. So uh, it's not necessary to have wooden cubes in, in a game if you would decide to publish it. We can just as easily uh, make uh, paper counters. And I, I, I just wrote it that they see I don't have... Uh, Ideas that are not possible to um, to to make true because I know uh, the two-player games they must be cost-effective. You cannot have too many components in them. And I, and I just wanted to let them know that I have had thoughts about this. That mm -hmm. I know it must be. That's why Targi is uh, mainly made out of cards. Some people say, why is the border not a fixed border, a cardboard border? Because the cards are always in the same order on, on the outer borders. It's just because of cost effectiveness. And it, that I, that's why I, I, I put it on cards because I knew I'm a new designer. Nobody knows me. Nobody knows my name. I cannot send Cosmos, uh, a game that costs 30 euro to produce mm. when they sell it for 15 euros in the store but this was one thing of my on my top 10 list if i send if i make a game i from the beginning i thought i want to make a game that is uh, cheap in the production 
because I'm not a famous designer mm. that can uh, have a, a big game like Uwe Rosenberg. And the, the publisher must see this, that I have thought about these things and that I don't have uh, ideas that are not realistic. Yeah, even it's even more important when you're a new publisher that or a new uh, designer that I think you even, you need, even need to give more than than uh, if you have a name like if you're you know Reiner Knizzi or yeah, like you said. Yes. Um, it's uh, it's it's again it's something that a lot of designers miss because they don't think about uh, manufacturing. You know, this game needs to be made and there's costs behind that. And uh, yeah, and and I I understand because. Especially if it's your first game, you have spent a lot of time. It's your baby. You love your ideas. You love your uh, things that you have put into the game. So surely uh, it would feel better if it is a big game with great components and with a Tolkien um, thing that I can turn and everybody, everything moves. But it's not a realistic idea if I, if nobody knows me, I, then my game must really very outstanding that yeah, a publisher will say yes to something like that. Yeah. So it was, for me, it was always important to keep it low priced. And when, when Targi was published, the first uh, week the game was uh, out in stores, I was very afraid that, that nobody uh, would buy a game and that Cosmos would maybe make uh, a loss. And, um, Sadly, it was not this way. Either after the first two, three, four reviews uh, came in, I, I, and every review was positive. I know, okay, I think this game will sell. But my first, um, um, first thoughts, I, I was a little afraid that it will not work out for for the publisher and what what will happen then. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think that's normal. <laughs> um, this was uh, for for the expansion. It was uh, a long time. Uh, Cosmos did not want to print the expansion for Targi because they said the expansion will not sell as much as the base game. Mm -hmm. They were um, not sure if they wanted to to do the expansion. And then my uh, editor who played the expansion. You know, uh, one problem for a publisher is the the cost of, um, you know, in your warehouse, when you do the storage cost is, mm -hmm. is one problem. So if you have a game and, and it takes a shelf space in your storage and it costs you money if it does not sell and the shelf is free again for new games. No. So for, for, for Cosmos, it is, uh, there is a, a time span. They say the game should sell out that the printing they make should sell out in two years. This is a good time frame for a game to sell out. If it, uh, if the games are longer in the shelf, it costs them too much money. Mm. And then the Targi expansion, uh, when it was the decision need to be made, if it should be, uh, printed or not. My editor said, I, I, I played the expansion, you know, and Cosmos is, is a big, uh, a big company. So there are many meetings and a lot of people are involved. And my editor said, um, in German, there is a saying, ich lege meine Hand ins Feuer, which means I, I would place my hand in, into the fire for the words I, I say, uh, that you can trust me. And he said, 
if we do this expansion, I promise uh, the charge that we print, it will sell out in this two-year time frame. And I personally take responsible that I, I, I promise it will sell. And then the uh, expansion was printed and it was sold out in two months. <laughs> and I was so happy, not for me, but, but for him, for, for my editor, because he, he took a step mm. to, to push expansion and he, he took a risk, a personal risk in, in the company to, to vote for the expansion and it worked out so fine and it was a success and it, I was happy and he was happy and he, he know he made the right choice. But it, that's, that's a, a, a great feeling if, if stuff like, like this happens. Yeah, for sure. And it's something that, that uh, I've heard a lot of um, people deal with. Uh, actually, recently I talked to Bruno Catala, who's uh, a designer I'm sure you know. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, sure. That... And he has some great two-player games as well. Oh, yeah, for sure. His two-player games yeah. are <laughs> some of my favorite. Seven Wonders yeah. Duel is uh, for sure on my... my... It's great. Yeah. But um, I talked to him about uh, the game Yamatai, and he said, because a lot of uh, my listeners who, who listen to the podcast, before that, I asked, uh, what, are they, what are they interested in hearing? And a lot of people said an expansion for Yamatai. And uh, he said that just the, the publisher, and it's a big publisher, I forget which publisher it was, maybe... It, a days of Wonder. Days of Wonder. Days that's of right. Wonder. That's right, Days of Wonder. Yeah. He said that uh, he had the exact same, same problem. They thought that it wouldn't sell. Um, so he is not, mm -hmm. uh, they're not planning it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That, uh, sometimes um, what, what people sometimes underestimate is how much money is in the gaming industry because for a publisher as well, it's not much money. Uh, the charges, uh, the, the, uh, are very small. Uh, mm -hmm. and when you sell a game, uh, which, uh, uh, money will, um, you know, the, the, the publisher be in, in, in the plus. You know, mm. it is not not a lot of uh, breathing breathing room. So and then and every every new print for a game is is a risk. Even if you if you sell out and you need to decide do we do another printing or not, it's risky because maybe it will not sell, and then it's a problem for the publisher. And expansions also mm -hmm. are always. Um, That's why Targi in, in America, it was very often, uh, for very long periods of time, the game was not available because the first published in America was Seaman Games and they only did small printings. Mm -hmm. And we're not sure, will us, can we do another printing of Targi, yes or no? Now it's back with Thames and Cosmos and they have a little better, they can... Uh, estimate a little better how much they sell and how much they at the moment it is uh, sold out in america but it's being reprinted at the moment so it will sure be available again but every reprint is also a risk maybe they do a reprint and then nobody needs the game because everybody who wants it already has it some publishers kind of solve that problem by um, grouping it up grouping up the expansion with the base game with you know like essential yes. editions or, or big box editions but uh, you can't afford to do that with every game or if you have the luxury that your game will be uh, published in different languages mm -hmm. you can make uh, all the different languages together in one 
printing, so the French and the German and the English one, then it's uh, because the more games you print in one batch, the cheaper it mm -hmm. it gets to print them. So and if you have already many uh, partners in other countries, it gets um, cheaper. And that's why, because uh, that is that big publishers have a little more wriggling room because they often have partners in other countries who say, okay, we will also take 1,000 or 2,000 or 5,000 copies of the game. Yeah. A small publisher has uh, a much higher risk. Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. So uh, I think we're, we're coming to the end, and uh, I always ask this question to everyone that, that, uh, that I talk to. Um, what would your advice be to somebody who um, wants to design a game but hasn't uh, started yet or is just in the beginning uh, phases? Okay. Um, I think many gamers have this wish or this desire to uh, have an own game or to, to try to create an own game. And I would encourage everybody to just to give it a try. Not wait or hesitate. Just give it a try and 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 work on the game. And um, like my example is an example. A lot of people uh, say you first you need to have a lot of, of friends in the gaming industry, and you have uh, a lot of context already, and you have been on very many fairs and worked there at the booth, and the people know you. Yes, that's often in the case and sometimes it is not the case sometimes a person who is not known can also uh, publish a game that will become well known and even if not i think it's it doesn't matter also i have told my wife back then i said um antonella if nobody wants to have this game if cosmos did not does not want to publish it, then we have a game just for the two of us, a game that I like, a game that, that you like, and we can play it as a couple. So I think it, it it's always a win-win situation. Either you have a game for yourself and you can play and you can be proud of that you have created something, or maybe a publisher will pick it up and will publish it, and you have also won. So I think you cannot lose. And I think uh, it's important to, to, to try to uh, fulfill your dreams and to fulfill your wishes and give things a go. I have many things in my life that I have just uh, tried and uh, they worked out. I, I was a big fan of improvisation theater and I always thought oh, I would also like to be on stage and play improvisation theater. And then... What did I do? I just started doing it, and now I play on stage in theater because I was, uh, I had the courage to do it. Mm -hmm. Same thing with board games. Yeah. In in every aspect of your life, uh, I think if you look back and you, you think, oh, why haven't I started this? Why didn't I took dancing lessons? Why didn't I start making a game? Why didn't I? Uh, make kung fu class it doesn't matter it you will always be sad if you have not tried it and if you have not done it my my word of encouragement is just do it do it for yourself and do it the way 
you like it, how how you would would like to have your own game. Not which game would be very uh, has the biggest chance of success. I know it, it sounds contradictory to what I have told you because I learned a lot about game design, uh, but in the end, I designed the game the way I liked it. I, a game that I would love. So I want to encourage everybody just to give it a try and do it your way. And maybe it's for you or maybe it's for everybody else. Mm. Time will tell. Yeah, that's a really good uh, message. And uh, I feel like it's, I, I hope that it helps a lot of people. It's certainly something that uh, that hits home for me. And I, <laughs> I, I, I feel like I needed to hear that. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and I, I must apologize. I, I tend to talk uh, very long sentences and uh, uh, I tend to repeat myself, uh, especially in English. It's not easy to, to find the right words for everything, but I hope the uh, message yeah came through in, in everything I, I, I said. Yeah, I think, I think it did, and uh, I think you said it perfectly. And I, <laughs> you're, uh, I'm, I'm really enjoying talking to you. All right. Well, thank right. you so much for uh, being on the podcast, and yeah, I'd love to talk with you more. <laughs> yeah, we will. When my second game will be published, we talk again. All right. All right well, thanks for having me. It was a pleasure. Uh, very great. You're a very sympathetic man, and I hope uh, uh, all your game ideas will be successful.